Hey y'all, my name is Emily and you're listening to Coming Up Roses. Hi you all, welcome back to Coming Up Roses, the podcast. My name is Emily, I am your host. Today I'm joined with a guest, this is Anna. Hi. Anna's one of my dear friends and we share the fact that we read a lot and we actually have buddy read a couple of books or we've read some of the same books Mm -hmm. and Anna and I also rate our books. You do Goodreads. I do. I use Goodreads. I do. Yeah. I don't. I just put it in my notebook, my bullet journal, but I decided to have Anna on today to join me for a book recap of 2022. I think we each read 22 or more books this year. Yes, we did. I read, I think, almost exactly 22. Mm-hmm. And you read... I read 29. 20, I will. Counting. I, I will get to 30, no questions asked, but... Wow. Yes, 29. And the coolest thing is that last year, I read six books all year. So this is a, a relatively new thing for me, kind of getting back into reading, but I love it so much. And it's so you almost very did that fun. times five. Yeah, five times as many books as I did wow. the year before. So, and I'm very proud of myself. But yeah, no, so this is amazing. definitely a new lifelong hobby that yeah. started this year. So Yeah, I this is it gets really boring if I just read through my ranked books by myself. So <laughs> I'm glad that I have Anna on. So we each read our books out of five. That's what Goodreads says, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and we're just going to go through, starting with the books we rated a one, and then progressing on and on and on. We're going to try to keep it brief, um, so that if you want to read one of the books, you know the title. And if you are thinking about reading one of the books that we don't give a glowing review to, you know not to buy it, not to spend your money on it. Or spend with caution. <laughs> spend with caution. Um, so I'm going to start us off with the ones. The books we rated one star, because I have two books I rated at one star. Um, the first one is Eat, Pray, FML. It's this memoir about a C-list actress. Um, it's literally one of the worst books I've ever read in my life. Um, it's some of the worst writing you've ever read in your life. And it's Mm. almost as if someone is telling you about their day like this. And then I went to this place and here I did this. And then I went to this place and I felt this way about it. Like she can't write. That's so fun. (laughs) She's literally not even like, yeah, it was so bad. I... I paid actual American dollars for it, so I forced myself to finish it on my Kindle, but I regretted every minute of it. Oh, no. So that was my first one-star book. That's awful. My first one-star book was awful for a very different reason, but it was free, so that's nice. Uh, My first one-star book was called The Girl Next Door by Jack Ketchum, and without getting into too many details, it's based on a real-life true crime case. And I don't think that the fictionalization of true crime is ever really done well, but this was done especially poorly and just had a lot of themes that I did not like reading about. Um, So I really would not recommend it to literally anyone ever. I did not enjoy it. But that's the only star, the only book that I rated one star. So that's pretty impressive, I think. Yeah, I think you picked your books better than better than me. But um, the (laughs) next one star book I have, rounding out my one star books, is a book called Into Africa. And what I have is I have this really long list of books that like people have recommended to me or I've seen put in an article. And I, I don't know where this book was recommended or who told me to read it, but it was near a bunch of other books about like anti-racism. So I thought that it was going to be a book about, it's supposed to be a book about a white woman who runs a, like a farm, like a coffee farm in Africa. And she doesn't have slaves. She just has like employees. Hmm. But then it started getting, it started out okay. It was really boring. And I was like, ugh, whatever. It's supposed to be, like, relevant. And then it started getting more and more racist. And I don't know if it 
was supposed to be like, okay, well, she's racist because this was the Times. But I just felt really uncomfortable reading it. And I only paid two American dollars for it, so I stopped reading it. Oh, that's um, good. That's good. Maybe I just <laughs> didn't understand what it was supposed to be about. Maybe the person recommended it to me to not know what they were talking about. But overall, I could have done without it. It's called Into Africa. Don't read it. Wow. Thank you for the recommendation of what yeah. to read. Okay. <laughs> okay, did you have any two-star books? I had a, one two-star book. And I did, it was originally three stars, and I changed it to <laughs> you two. You demoted it. I did demote it to two. It wasn't bad. That's why I'm hesitant to give it two stars. But it was called Fat Chance Charlie Vega by Crystal, Mal- Crystal Maldonado. It was supposed to be coming of age, high school, um, a fat girl of color in high school, kind of finding romance for the first time. A really cool concept. But Crystal Maldonado writes like she has never met a teenager. <laughs> So, like, it was just very much not written. Like, a teenager was written like a 40-year-old writing like a teenager. So, it wasn't my favorite. The romance was cute, I guess, but it wasn't anything special. Um, And I don't think they did as much as they could with um, the main character's identities and how that played into the whole story. So, not my favorite. I didn't hate reading it, but I wouldn't read it again, necessarily. I think the thing that always demotes books for me, and a lot of people don't understand this, is poor writing. But I think if a book is painful to read, it's like, even the story, like, I feel that way about The Hunger Games. I think Hunger Games is one of the worst books ever written. It's really shocking what can get published. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) truly. It really is. This E-Pray FML book, literally a preschooler could have written it. Oh, gosh. I'm a preschool teacher. Yeah, I know. I know. My only two-star book was a book called Incognito. It's by David Eagleman. It's a nonfiction book about the brain. I have a bunch of books that I've been wanting to read that are, like, about the brain and about habits and about, like, being a 20-something because I feel like nonfiction challenges me. But it was, like, boring citation, a little tiny thought, graph, a little tiny. Like, there were no thoughts. It was mostly just, like, information overload. Like a textbook. Yes. Oh. And David Eagleman is very, very smart. And I feel like I did learn some things. But, like, my fiancé loves this book because he was a psychology major. <laughs> and I hated this book because it was a snooze fest and I skipped over a lot of it. So, <laughs> if you're into that kind of thing, it's called Incognito by David Eagleman. It's interesting, but it just... Nonfiction is good for me, but it just wasn't interesting enough to, mm-hmm. like, challenge a non-psychology-brained person. So that's why I got two out of five stars. Okay. Moving on to three out of five. Three out of five is like what I consider mediocre. Like a Mm -hmm. mediocre book. If you like something like this, you might really like it. But I thought it was pretty mediocre. What's your first three star book? Um, First, I would like to, I should have prefaced this before at the beginning. But I rate pretty high. So I have, (laughs) I believe, two three star books. And then we jump into the four stars. So my first three-star book is called Instructions for Dancing by Nicola Yoon. This could be controversial. It is kind of a popular book. It's a coming-of-age love story, but not really, and there's some sadness to it, Um, and there was a lot of interesting theories about love and life and these big concepts, but I feel like when I'm reading a book about a high schooler falling in love, I kind of want to hear more about, you know, like you know silly little romantic stuff and like I wanted an easy read and it wasn't as easy as I thought it was gonna be which doesn't mean it was bad um I just think some of the characters fell flat for me um and the main relationship in this book which was supposed to be a romance wasn't really that believable Mm. which is tough because um 
I don't think it's that hard to, I, I, a lot of these books that you'll, I'll talk about later. I feel like the thing that I love the most in a romance book is that this relationship is believable. They feel mm-hmm. like real people and just didn't feel like that. They didn't feel like high schoolers. They didn't feel like imperfect people. Um, so just not my favorite. It wasn't bad and I don't think I would not recommend it, mm-hmm. but, um, it just wasn't my favorite. Yeah. You have to like the characters. Yeah. You, I think. You, absolutely. Um, so I, my, my first three-star book is Oracle Night. It is by Paul Oster. This book, I like didn't remember reading it until I Googled it. And then I said, oh yeah, that book. <laughs> it's this guy who like has this life-changing event and maybe he was in a coma. I can't remember. But like his life mirrors, he has like a wife or something. This is so horrible. I'm this guy's gonna look as, as if this guy would ever listen to this podcast. He's like, he's, he's like, gonna be so offended. She I get it. Actually, ever read my book? But then he's like also writing in a, this little magic notebook. I think it's magic. Um, a story, and he gets his character in a situation he can't get out of, and it's like a metaphor for his life. But then it just like ends. And it was just really strange. It was hard to follow because I thought there was gonna be magic, and then I don't think there was. And you know what? I it was just not my favorite book, and the character, the main character, is really unlikable. His name's Sid, and he like sucks <laughs> a lot. Like he's just kind of like a bump on a pickle, and like can't hold a job. There's like a magic Chinese stationery store, but there's no magic. It was so bizarre, <laughs> and apparently it's like pretty well acclaimed. And someone posted a YouTube video. I was when I was looking this up, and they were like, "My review spoilers," and I was like, Genu- "Genuinely, you could give me spoilers." I wouldn't remember. <laughs> what you're talking about with this book like i just it clearly had a huge impact on your yeah, life yeah i read it and then i immediately was like removed from kindle like <laughs> i have no recollection of reading this book except for the fact that his name was sid and there's a magical stationery store but then the magic ended right then and there okay i think i think maybe the author forgot about <laughs> yeah. that part of, the, of their story <laughs> yes anyways yeah, I it's fine if you're into that kind of thing. It reminds me of like a Twilight Zone episode. Okay, I but do like, like the Twilight Zone. Well, but... as if they kind of like had someone else start writing it and then the intern finish it. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so not not the best episode. No. Okay. <laughs> Very fun. So my next three star is one that we've both read uh-huh. and one that we don't, I guess, don't necessarily agree on the rating. I'm shocked that I rated it what I did, okay. so I'll talk so about that later. So this is the X Talk by Rachel Lynn Solomon. If you are a part of like the TikTok, Instagram, Bookstagram, Book Talk, you've probably heard of it. Um, it's basically a, a enemies to lovers romance that takes place at work. So like half of the books that are popular right now, but uh, they work at. Um, a public radio station in Seattle? Seattle. In Seattle. Mm-hmm. And my, I didn't really have that many issues with this book. Usually if it's a romance and there's like animated people on the cover, I'm going to like it. Um, I am easy to please. However, this, the main character, Shay, is just very, how would you describe it, Emily? She's just rearing to go all the, she mm-hmm. has a one-track mind and that one-track mind is getting in bed with a man. Yeah. Like she has no... <laughs> She has her career, and then she has those thoughts, and nothing else There's really no happens. There's no cute thoughts really happening. No. It's like boring work thoughts, and then like, I think this guy's hot. Yeah. And like, I would sleep with him. Right, yeah. And, and there's it's like, no- mm, do you have any other personality traits? Oh, she fights with everybody else in her life. Yes. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> She's not really happy. <laughs> but, so, I, did, I didn't hate any of the characters, right? Shay did get on my nerves quite a bit. Um... And it just felt so much more lusty 
than love. Yeah. Um, not that I need, like, every book I read to have, like, the best love story ever, but there just wasn't much substance, in my opinion. Um, but I'm so glad I read it, because I got to talk to you about it. And yeah. We got to, you know, it was not a buddy read, but it was not. It we read it at different times. a buddy discussion. <laughs> yes. A my buddy. next three-star book, and this is controversial, is Verity by Colleen Hoover. I didn't think it was as good as I thought it was going to be. I thought it, it was, was too hyped for me. I predicted the ending. So my roommate lent me this book and she was like, you're never going to guess the ending. And I read four chapters and I said, I think this is what happens. And she goes, well, you have to read it to find out. And I was correct. It I, was not that. Everyone was like, the ending threw me off. Yeah. And I was like, have you never watched Investigation Discovery ever? <laughs> have you never seen an episode of Forensic Files? There, Come on. There's no way you can't. There is a question of like, is the right. ending that, true that, or not the ending question yeah but i feel like there's enough evidence to prove what i think uh-huh. and i feel like there isn't enough evidence to prove what others think and there's, it's hard to talk about it without saying too much but i genuinely thought that all the characters were so such bad people like yeah. every single one of the characters is a horrible person except the little boy i liked him well, have you heard about the Verity Part 2 book? He becomes a bad person. There's like an <gasps> alternate ending or like an extra ending in one no. of the copies of the books that's only at Target. He's a bad person too. No. Every single character. It's like Colleen Hoover was like, let me create characters that are so unlikable. <laughs> you have you have no reason to finish the book. Like, I genuinely don't think Colleen Hoover is that great of a writer. I think she's overhyped. I agree. I think there's way better authors that, like, are trying to get big right now. Right. And Colleen Hoover outsold the Bible. Yeah. Like, last year. And I was like, that's so concerning. Not because I think everyone needs to read the Bible, but because I think... Colleen Hoover's not as good of a writer. Okay, I agree because literally, so the reason, I'm going to have to talk about Verity again later, but the reason that I read Verity, the main reason is because I love thrillers. They're my other yeah. favorite genre besides romance. And I love a good twist ending. And everybody was like, this ending will blow your it mind. Did. I predicted There it. are four books on my list that the ending was head and shoulders above Verity. Well, and my thing is, I'm not saying, oh, I predicted the ending to be like, look how cool I am. I'm saying that if you are interested, which both of us are true crime fans. Yes. If you are interested and aware of true crime at all, you'll be like, the ending could go one of two ways. And yeah. I predicted I predicted it within four chapters. Yeah. Like, maybe not four chapters, but truly, like, it's not that it's not that far of a reach, like, the ending. There's no big... I read a book this year that had the biggest twist, and it blew my mind. Me too. And... The fact that people think Verity is the best book makes me believe that most people who recommend books to you on TikTok don't read them Exactly, often. exactly. <laughs> Do not trust book talk because it's not always right. These are people <laughs> that read like once every like six months when they go on vacation and their recommendations are always whatever's on the front shelves at Target. Yeah. Like they've never been to an independent bookstore in their lives. Oh no, they've never bought a used book. <laughs> <laughs> Only Barnes and Noble. <laughs> yeah. So that's my thoughts on Verity. I know people, excuse me. Really, really love that book. I think it'd be a great movie. I think they should take it to a movie. Oh, yeah, Because absolutely. I think it's scary enough to be yeah. a movie, but... I could, right. It would be a good movie. I could do without reading it ever again. Yeah. And I always will Same. tell people that if you're going to read a thriller with you with a twist ending, I have a different book for you. Me too! I have a different one that's coming later. Oh, yay! Okay, I don't have any more three stars because... Oh, I have I ri- so okay. many more three stars. Okay, it's Just talk at me. An Emily Power Hour. I'm so excited. So, I actually lent you this next book. It is called No One Is Talking About This by Patricia Lockwood. Mm-hmm. I got this book at a little like indie record store in nashville and it was a staff recommendation it is one of those like short form books that's what i call them is like it's a bunch of little sentences and little paragraphs all strung together 
It's about this woman who's chronically online. I think it's interesting. I think it's a... My... And I feel this way about TV shows. Like, I felt this way about... um, What was that TV show on Netflix about social media use? And everyone was like, oh my gosh, so scary. Oh, the documentary? Yeah, what's that called? I don't know. Anyways, I can't remember (laughs) what it's called on on Netflix. I'm going to Google it while I'm talking. But I think... Wait, Netflix doc about social media. There it is. It is called The Social, the social Dilemma. dilemma. It was I pretty think, good. Yeah. Here's my thoughts though. As I read the social or I read the no one is talking about this and then I read The Social Dilemma. And I think it's hard to read because it's so short form and you're so it's so broken up. Also, I think that when being chronically online is talked about in this way, it makes it takes a human and dilutes it to the dumbest form. Mm. Like the social dilemma was like, people are so obsessed with social media, and I was like, I'm I'm a human adult born and raised in this generation, and I I'm not that stupid. Like I know what that they're like. Tr- I just feel like it dilutes us to the most like dumbest form. Like we don't know what's going on, and no, you know how people we're are pawns like, and everything's happening. To yes, us. Yeah. and we have no consciousness of like how much we're on our phones. I'm fully conscious of how much on my phone. I'm fully yeah. conscious of how much time I spend online. And guess what? I really don't spend that much. T- most people I know are not actually that addicted to their phones. No. Shockingly, yeah, it's like we're actually all conscious humans with jobs that we can't be on our phones all day. And I hate when people say no one is talking about this because you're talking about it, and yeah. the only reason you know about it is because someone else probably and the reason why it's like oh she's like you know online and can't get offline and then like something horrible happens to her sibs like her sibling but you can't it's hard to figure out what it is because the way it's written you know it's like almost fantastical anyways that's my thoughts it's called no one is talking about this i wouldn't read it again but i lent it to you so yeah, i guess so you can read she it wants me to read it <laughs> the next book i gave three stars was called bookish people it's by susan call i bought this in portland it was a staff pick when i was in portland at powell books um it was very cute it's very quirky it's about a little bookstore and there's no romance and there's like no major stakes it's just about this bookstore that like kind of struggles and it's a little too fantastical, so you're kind of have this like children's storybook. Like there's this end mm-hmm. scene where so much is going on that you're like, this can't be real. <laughs> like this is not real. Um, but there's like no major stakes. It's just kind of a fun read. I just kept waiting for it to like some like a climactic moment, and the climactic moment was the goofy like slapstick comedy scene, and I was like, well, that wasn't really what I was looking for. But sounds like no plots, just vibes. Yes, <laughs> and the characters are really getting. really cute, but. Yeah. My next three-star book, I have so many three-star books. That's okay. It's by Olga Tokarzuk. It's a Russian book. I also bought it in Portland. It was also a staff pick. It's called Drive Your Plow Over the Bones of the Dead. Oh. And it's a Russian fiction, and it's about this town, and all these people start, like, mysteriously dying. And this recluse woman is trying to solve the mystery. The twist ending in this book was awesome. Really? Is this the one? No. Okay. It's a a three out of five. My oh, twist ending book is a five out so of five. So is mine, so is mine. Sorry, go ahead. But it was so boring up to the point of the twist ending happening that it was like my eyes were bleeding and then, oh, I'm interested. Oh, the book's oh, over. Like, no. it, like the, la- the book gets good in the last, like, chapter. And it's a hard read because it's all this, like, Russian names and this recluse woman. So she, And I think that's the point. Like, I think the author wanted it to be, like, boring, 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 boring. Oh, you'll never expect this. Was it worth it? Yeah, I would read it. Um, I'd recommend it to someone who's never read it, but it's so dry and it's so. I have such a hard time reading things that I can't pronounce that I had to take a lot of breaks. I read this mm-hmm. book. Okay, 
Persuasion by Jane Austen was my next three-star book. I'm a big Jane Austen fan. I've never read Persuasion. I bought a really pretty copy of it in Portland. A lot of these books are from Portland. I was going to say, Portland <laughs> did, a, did a number on your three-star yeah. list. <laughs> um, and everyone's, it's like one of her lesser known, less popular books. It's a really good story. Like, I was very interested. But it doesn't have as much drama. And it's, it's supposed to be very sensual. Like, all this, like, sensual tension. Like but, the X-Talk. Like the X, but <laughs> I didn't think it did. And maybe that's just because it was a Jane Austen book. And I I need to go slower with Jane Austen, but this book I read kind of quick because mm-hmm. I was like, well, the story's kind of subpar. But I really liked the characters in Persuasion a lot more than I've liked other Jane Austen books. So if you are a Jane Austen fan, you'd probably like Persuasion. If you're not a Jane Austen fan, don't dive into it. My last three-star book is called The End of My Career. It is by, I actually met this author. It's by Martha Grover. She has a store in the town. I went to an Oregon. So I didn't go to Portland. I went to this small town called Troutdale. She lives in Troutdale. Troutdale? Troutdale, Oregon. Troutdale, Oregon. (laughs) She, it's like a short form book. So it's like all a bunch of short form essays about her life. And she has a chronic illness and just like about like her being in her 30s-ish and trying to like figure herself out. Mm -hmm. But it isn't really, there's no beginning, middle, end. It's, like, not one of those books. And as lame as it is to say, I need that. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's just kind of like, well, I'm just reading words. Yeah. That's like, why I might books as well are permitted that way. That's why I might as well just be reading a bunch of articles. Mm-hmm. So, I like, it was cool because, like, I met her and she signed my book, which was actually so weird because I did not ask her to do that. She just was like, oh. I'll sign it for you. And I was like, oh, she took her shot. She's okay. <laughs> but it's also hard to build, like... And she, this is the point. It's hard to build sympathy for her as a character because she's like, oh, my life sucks. And it's like, well, I'm reading your life and you're doing everything wrong. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it, 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 if you like short form, you'd really enjoy it. And it's cool because, like, she's a local author, like a mm-hmm. small town author. She's yeah. not, like, a big name person. So I'm glad I read it and yeah. I'm glad I bought it. But cool story, if nothing else. Yeah. Her life story is very interesting. So those are all awesome. my three-star books. Great job. <laughs> lots, lots of Portland uh, I know. classics in there. Portland didn't really do it for me. No, Portland did not do not. it for me. Okay, you have lots of four stars. I do books. have lots of four I'll stars. I'll let you start four stars. For me, a four star is like I had a good time reading this book. And I like reading, so I have a good time reading a lot of books. So maybe I should reformat, but it's fine. <laughs> so my first four star book was called Things We Do in the Dark by Jennifer Hillier. It's a thriller. Uh, it's uh, based based around a woman named Paris Peralta. And she wakes up covered in her husband's blood in her bathroom um, with no recollection of how she got there. Her husband is dead. Um, So you kind of start in the middle of the story. You go back in time to her past life um, before she was Paris and all of these different things. And and it's very much one of those stories that kind of feel like they're intertwining throughout. And everything was really tied up nicely in the end. And um, it's confusing. It's one of those books that you kind of have to sit down and actually read because mm. things don't always happen in order and things like that. But it's interesting. Um, there are a couple good twists in there. Nothing that totally blew my mind. But um, if you like thrillers, it's a good thriller. Uh, solid read. So I liked it. Yeah. That does sound really interesting. It is. My first four-star book, it was actually the first book I read this year, was Untamed by Glennon Doyle. Um, people have been recommending me to read this book for a long time because Glennon Doyle, like, threw away her old life and stepped into the new. And I think I think the culture is turning on Glennon Doyle, unfortunately. Yes, yes I was going to say, this is probably a controversial one. Because she's, like, kind of toxic positivity, mm-hmm. kind of, like, 
white. She reminds me of Brené Brown if Brené Brown didn't do any research. <laughs> Go off. Because <laughs> I read a ton of Brené Brown and I listened to Brené Brown's podcasts and like, I'm not a Brené Brown like brown noser, but I think like, I think the work she's done about like shame and self-acceptance is very well researched mm-hmm. and very well. She does a really good job. She has amazing guests on her podcast and Glenn Doyle just like be with her wife. <laughs> I'm like, you and your wife's story is not research into like, and her life story is so interesting. And mm-hmm. the way she handles things is really, really powerful. But it was like the first book I read this year. And at first I thought it was like so good. And now I'm sitting here and I'm like, should I have given it four stars? Like, I think if you're not a big, like, self-helpy type per- I love self-help books. But if you're not a big self-help book type person, you're going to think that Glennon Doyle is so, like, my life is so great because look what I did. And you're going to hate it. So. I, I've, I've heard people love it or they hate it. So. The culture is turning on her, which, yes. is sh- which is sad because she's not a bad person. I just think that she's white woman toxic positivity to the nth degree. And it can be a little. And she thinks that she's diverse because she's a lesbian now i was just gonna ask like, and so is that, is that the vibe i don't think it's as extreme as people make it out to be mm-hmm. i think people are very quickly very quick to be like glenn doyle is not that good but it's like i mean she wrote a book it just became a problem when like she's she started using her life experience like Brene brown uses her years of research yeah that's where i started yeah to be like eh. but that's how I feel about yeah. Doyle. Thanks for sharing your thoughts on uh, Glennon Doyle. I appreciate it. She shares good quotes on her Instagram story. She does. Good poll quotes. So, <laughs> so follow her. Um, my next four star is called The Bodyguard. It's by Catherine Center. Um, it's honestly maybe a little bit forgettable, to be honest. Um, it's basically just this girl. She's like... The whole thing is she looks like a kindergarten teacher. She's dainty. She dresses really cute. She's a bodyguard. Oh. So she is the bodyguard for this gorgeous actor man who comes to stay in his his parents' small town because his mom has cancer or something. And it's just about, you know, of course, them falling in love. And she's, like, protecting him, and she's so strong, and he just needs her, blah, blah, blah. I literally don't really remember anything about it, but it, it was fine. Like, it didn't stick with me, but it was fine, um, and it was cute. I really do need to stop giving every romance four stars because I'm a hopeless romantic <laughs> um, and actually look at if the book's good or not, but I enjoyed reading it, so if you like romance, you'll like it. So one of the books on my list actually challenged me to start reading less romance books, I need and to I do that. took that challenge I need to do that. about halfway through the year, and that's why I read so many, like, thrillers, which I don't think is any better because the whole reason to stop reading so many romance books is, like, you start, and this is extreme, but it's mm-hmm. like you might start to imagine every relationship is like a romance well, you novel. Start to, I don't think that's extreme. That's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, it's like if that is bad for you, maybe take a break. Right, and yeah, I was yeah. like, yeah, maybe I should take a little. And I was like, let's just challenge myself. But then I started reading a bunch of thrillers, and now I think my life. If I'm walking to my car at night, I'm like, oh yeah, well, what would I do? Oh yeah. If? So <laughs> you know, speaking yeah. of thrillers, my next four star book was called "Don't Look for Me." It's by Wendy Walker. This book was also lent to me by someone. Um, It's really good. It's an awesome thriller. It's a little, like, segmented. So you're, like, with one person. You're with another person. And it honestly is, like, you're kind of surprised by everything until a certain point. And then you're like, ooh, I think I know how this ends. Like, I remember knowing where – so this woman goes missing. I remember thinking I knew where the woman was. I just didn't know who was responsible. So who was responsible shocked me. 
and the twists and turns that that took. Mm -hmm. But I started to guess who it was um, like a third of the way through, Mm. two thirds of the way through. And then I knew where she was the whole time. Uh, like I was like, oh, I bet she's, I bet this is happening to her. The why, the why of why she's there is not a shock. It's just strange. Mm-hmm. So it's like, if you like a thriller and you want, you want, you want to, you want to be a little bit playing detective. It's a great book. Don't look for me by Wendy Walker. And it's an interesting mm-hmm. story. It reminds me of like, um, Hey, did you ever read that book? Um, the last thing he told me, but I've uh, heard of it. it was the best book I read last year in 2021. Um, it to my list. It reminds me of that if it was more, like, salacious of why they went missing. Okay. Not the same reason why they went missing, but that whole, like, we're finding them. All of our <laughs> secrets are coming up. We must find them. And I like that kind of story. So. Yeah. Anyways. Okay. Awesome. Uh, my next well, my next four star was also a thriller because I love thrillers. This one, actually, it says I gave it a 3.75. I don't know why, why I was feeling so specific that day. Um, but it's called The Book of Cold Cases by Simone St. James. Oh. It is about, it was actually one of two books this year that the main character's names was Shay. So this was also about a woman named Shay, just like the X-Talk. Um, and she has a podcast called The Book of Cold Cases. And she has dedicated, or not a podcast, it is, we're talking about it on a podcast. She has a blog. A blog. A blog called The Book of Cold Cases, and she does, you know, true crime research and writing and things like that, and she starts investigating um, a decades-old murder in her town and kind of learning more about the town, and there's a little bit of a supernatural kind of side to it as well. Um, It was a good book. It was a little bit slow, I'd say, a little bit hard to get through, but I really did like Shay, uh, the main character. She was spunky and... She was really determined and a go-getter. Um, and so it was, it was a good book. It wasn't my favorite of the year by any means, but um, if you like thrillers, if you like a little bit of a supernatural ghosty twist in your books, I think you'd really like it. Um, so that's, that's The Book of Cold Cases by Simone St. James. Good book. My next four out of five book is The Nightingale by Kristen Hanna. It's a historical fiction. It's my only historical fiction this year, which was my favorite genre as a kid. She's big in historical fiction. Kristen Hanna. Kristen Hanna? Yeah, she's huge. Well, this is her most popular book, I believe. Okay. But it was mm-hmm. recommended to me as, like, a book you should read before you die. Okay. I have one of those lists that I look at. Um, so good. It's about World War II or World War I. One of the World Wars. World War II because there was Jewish... <laughs> Yes. characters mm-hmm. world war Two, and so sad i bawled my eyes out at the end i was on a plane when i finished it i was on a plane back from portland and i portland again it was a very impactful it was a very book vacation but it wasn't really a vacation it was a wedding but anyways i was sobbing on the plane into my mask and i had a um kn95 on the ones that are like the mega so it was rolling off onto my lap and my fiance was like hey what do okay? we do like I was like, there's no book. But so sad. The only reason I gave it a four out of five is because historical fiction is not my favorite anymore. Like, it that's just doesn't was, do it for that's me. That's what I was going to ask because I don't really like historical fiction, but I do want to try some. So well, would you recommend it to someone who's trying to get into this? Yes. Okay. Yes. You know why I don't like historical fiction? I always know how it ends. Already. <laughs> that's so stupid. It doesn't happen I, in history. And in the thriller is the exact opposite. Yeah. I, I know what happened at the end of World War II. Did I know what happened to those characters? No. But I knew what happened in World War II. So yeah. I was just kind of waiting for it to resolve. Yeah. Because I hate unresolved things. Mm-hmm. Especially when I know the ending. It's like, oh, just get there already. Yeah. So 
Yeah. That's why I don't love historical fiction always. But it was still a really good book. Kristen Hanna is a great writer. Beautiful, beautiful writer. Good to know. Uh, my next four-star book was one that I feel like... I don't. It's four stars for sure. But I remember thinking after I read it, wow, I'm grateful to have read this book. Which is a really cool thing to think. So this is called Don't Cry For Me by Daniel Black. Um, it is a book basically... Um, a father writing a letters to his son, apologizing for his upbringing. Um, there's a lot of information about ge- what I've read this book. Really, it's so good. It's so good. There's a lot. There's a lot of themes about generational trauma and racial generational gener- generational trauma. Because it's kind of like the story of his life, but also like what's going on in the world. Yeah, and a lot of it takes place in Kansas City. Yes. Yes, which is which was really cool to read about. I, ha- I read this book last yes. year. Yes. Okay. So yeah, it was really good. I feel like it was a little more slow paced than what I usually like. And that doesn't mean that it was bad. I just usually like quicker paced books. Yeah. But there were so many moments that I was reading it and I thought this book is making me a better person Mm. because I was seeing, you know, experiences through the eyes of people that I am not anything like. Mm -hmm. Um, It had a a lot about, um, um, you know, being a man in Mm -hmm. in America, being a black man Mm -hmm. in America. I will never know what it's like to be a black man in America. So kind of just... Um, learning about that through this man's eyes and through his father's eyes, um, you know, writing letters to his son on his deathbed. It was just very powerful, very impactful. Um, I think it's a very important book because Mm -hmm. it made me more empathetic towards the plights of people. And, you know, when someone had a bad parent, it's hard to be a good parent. And, you know, those, those generational Mm -hmm. traumas that, that happened and just kind of build up. Uh, so it was, I thought it was a beautiful book. I don't remember why I gave it for, oh, cause it was kind of slow and I like mm-hmm. a quicker book, mm-hmm. but I would recommend that to anyone. Um, especially if you're white, because I think it's just a really beautiful book and everyone should read it. Mm. I do remember that book. It's really, I've never seen the book cover cause I bought it on Kindle. Yes. It's it a really cute book cover. Yeah. <laughs> My next four star book is Atomic Habits by James Clear. It is what the reason I gave it four out of five is because I just nonfiction is just not my fave, mm-hmm. and I always treat nonfiction with like a grain of salt because it's like, well, this is one person's opinion, whereas like a fiction book, it's like not really an opinion, it's like a story. Mm-hmm. Um, but this book is awesome, especially like if you're heading into the new year and you don't want to form resolutions, you want to like build better habits, whether it's like going to bed on time or like drinking enough water or like spending time with your hobby every day or whatever. Mm-hmm. This book is so good because it talks about like how to actually build a habit and the like psychology behind it without being too dry. And it talks a lot about, and social media gets it wrong. It talks a lot about habit stacking and everyone on social media uses the term, especially TikTok habit stacking as a way to encourage multitasking. And he habit tasking or habit stacking, excuse me, is not that it's like, Oh, if I come home from work and I put my shoes on the doormat I'm trying to build that habit and my gym shoes are right next to it, I'm going to put my gym shoes on and go to the gym. Ooh. Or or if I wake up and I my, my glass of water is already pressed up on my bed, I know I have to remember to take my medicine in the morning. Like those mm. kinds of habits. That's very different. Like building habits that, oh, excuse me, my Apple Watch, that progress <laughs> into each other rather than like your life as a series of checklists. Yeah, that's very like different. Like building good routines. So... Social media will tell you this book is something completely different. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's really good, especially if you're someone who, like, struggles to remember to, like, take their medication on time or mm-hmm. to go to the gym every day, like, at the same time, like, or if you struggle to wake up on time, like, he does a really good job of telling you very practical, very human ways to do it. And he's like, you know, one day you might wake up and you woke up only, 
you know, five, like 20 minutes before work. But the next day, if you can do 21, that's better. Like, like incremental progress. I love it's that. a really great approach. And it's all scientific, so. I love that. That is on my list because that's it's like good. one of the big I'll have it if you want to borrow it. Well, thanks. Um, my next four-star book is called Love and Other Disasters by Anita Kelly. I've heard about this book. It is a romance. Uh, the thing that really drew me to it is that one of the main characters, London, is non-binary. And I had never read a book with a non-binary character at all. And mm-hmm. this was, you know, the leading romantic role in a book. And it's a non-binary character. So I thought it was really cool. Um, it takes place on the set of a cooking competition show. Oh. So think like Great British Bake Off vibes. That's what it reminded me of because people were nice. Um, and people on Great British Bake Off are also nice. Um, but it's kind of it, the the woman. I don't remember what her name is. Oops. That's okay. Um, Dahlia. Dahlia is the woman. She has recently gone through a divorce and Mm. is kind of discovering her sexuality after this divorce. And London is the other character and they're kind of, you know, they're coming out as non-binary on this TV show. So they each have their own individual journey that they're dealing with. And then they find each other. It's a romance book. They fall in love. Um, (laughs) Spoiler. but, But it was very, very cute and sweet. And I will probably read other stuff that, um, the author Anita Kelly put that because it was cute and it was good. Yeah. Yeah. A, a cute, fun, feel good read. I, my next four star book is Wholehearted Faith. I also bought this in Portland. Um, it was, it's an interesting book because I knew nothing about this author and apparently she's pretty well known in like, like Christian literature. And she passed away in the middle of writing this book. She had like a random, like, hidden issue and then just like passed away from it and she had like little kids and a husband and it was like so and so her friend finished it for her as much in her voice as he could like that was one of her dying wishes so oh wow it was already really interesting because like you knew that at some point she passed during this book and so like you're you're hearing essentially like her last thoughts yeah that's on her faith um it's a really really good read especially like 21st century faith like what it's Mm -hmm. like to be a person of faith in the 21st century in the modern era Mm -hmm. and she struggles like wrestles with her faith in a way that's so like humanizing like she's like sometimes I wake up and I don't believe in God and like I have to fight that every single day and that was just like really good to like have someone write that down and tell like talk you through their thought process Mm because I think so many people who have a faith feel that way and don't know how to put it to words you're not alone and she did so so beautifully and I I'm so sad that she's passed away because I think she was like a huge asset to mm. the religion. But um, it's a really good book. I lent it to my fiance, but when he gives it back, you can have it. If you oh, want. hey, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, that sounds actually incredible. Really I do good. want to read that. It was really good. Um, my next four star is one that I'm actually really excited to talk about. This is called The Push by Ashley Audrain. Um, I would so it's kind of marketed as a thriller. I would not say that it's a thriller. I think it's a deeply psychological character study oh. about motherhood and postpartum depression and grief and parental trauma. A lot of heavy topics. Yeah. Uh, it basically centers around a woman who has just given birth and she doesn't feel that love for her child, for her daughter that she thought she would feel. Um, she kind of feels indifferent and, and distant from her child. Uh, and as this daughter grows up, she notes, the mom starts to notice things that the daughter's cold and, and maybe doesn't make friends and isn't very kind to other people. And then she has a son 
who she has that amazing bond with. So she starts to worry, is her daughter okay? Is there something more going on? Um, and it kind of goes through um, this this woman learning how to be a good mother when she didn't have a good mother herself and mm. how to be a good mother for a child that she doesn't really get along with, doesn't really um, work well with. Um, there's some creepy, twisty stuff as well. Um, so I definitely recommend it if you like anything super psychological. Um, and I also was really interested in kind of the um, postpartum depression motherhood angle as well. Um, so a very interesting book and I would definitely recommend it if you like any sort of psychological thrillers or anything like that. Um, mm. And the ending, the ending is shocking. So I mm. really liked that. The ending is definitely a shock. Um, yeah, good book. I liked it. I think mm. I'd like that too. Yeah, it was good. My next book was Betrayed, which I actually just gave away today. Um, this is an Emily Henry book who's also like, Everyone loves We buddy read this book. Beach read? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we buddy read this book. Because we were going to go to Olive Garden. We were going to go to Olive Garden and have blue drinks. Well, we still could. And hold hands under the table. And hold hands under the table. Oh, is that a spoiler alert? <laughs> no. That's like oh, one, of the, one of the minimal parts of the book that we really latched That's onto. That's true. It's not really important to the plot. <laughs> it's a cute story. I think it's one of Emily Henry's better books because I've read mm-hmm. quite a few of hers. We're reading another one right now. We are. It's my favorite one so far. Me too. I love Charlie. Okay. Um, Sorry. And you have. <laughs> two coming up yes, so, so two in a row. um but Beatreed for me is one of her better books because it's the characters are much more like relatable and believable mm-hmm. I thought the first book I read by her which you're about to talk about mm-hmm. and a few was a little bit less like the characters were a little bit more like surface level I thought mm-hmm. Beatreed was one I of agree. her better books I agree that's in my review um <laughs> but I think Emily Henry's not that good of an author sometimes mm-hmm. and I think sometimes the way she it it borders good writing to me is important. My dad is an English lit major. Like I've read all the classics there is out there because like that was important to my dad that I do that. And so now that I've like found my own voice of like what I like to read, mm-hmm. bad writing to me is so stand out because it sounds like fanfic. But and sometimes Emily Henry writes like writes sentences and I'm like, did you go on Wattpad and just here, copy paste? But here's the thing, you have to understand. You don't have to be a good writer to write contemporary romance. True. You don't. True. You really True. don't. And it's really hard because I val. I, the reason I love to read so much is because I do love good yeah. words. Yeah. I love words. I love beautiful quotes. I love you know lyrical words, and you just don't get that a lot with the contemporary romance genre, do you? And and I I think I think the simplicity of her writing is great because it's, yes. it's one of those books that you can just like read in a night if you really want. Right. They're, it's, they're long. Her books are long, yeah, but, but they're you, they're fun to they're read. Fun. They're fun. However. When you write lines that make me think you took it from One Direction fan fiction, I'm going to be like, you know what? Oh, wait. So I got I got published published fanfic coming up. Don't you worry. <laughs> okay. It's actually that's, something. That's Beatrice for you. Yes. Um, actually, I have two Emily Henry books on my list next. So can I just do both? Yeah. Okay, thanks. So I had Beatrice on my list as well. I liked Beatrice. Um, I've only read two and a half Emily Henry books. I don't know how many there are. There's a lot. I've read two and a half Emily Henry books. And Beatreed was my personal favorite. I actually really liked it because one of my favorite very, very specific tropes is academic rivals to lovers. It's very specific. And there's not very many good examples of it. Um, My favorite example is if you've seen the TV show Never Have I Ever. uh, Yes. Davy and Ben are academic rivals to lovers. Um, Spoiler alert for part of part of the series um and I just I love that trope so much because I was a nerd in high school and I was like 
I need to find the other like nerdy guy so like <laughs> we can be nerds and like hate each other and then fall in love. It didn't happen if you were wondering, but I do really like that. It is academic rivals to lovers um, and it's cute and it's easy to read. Um, the other one that I've read is People We Meet on Vacation. I read that one last year. Probably her most popular book. It is. Um, and it's cute. I do agree with what you said, though, that the characters are very surface level. Um, the main character, Poppy, I remember... So dramatic. I remember being excited because she, on a surface level, kind of reminded me of me a little bit. You know, kind of... Now I'm going to compliment myself. Kind of like fun and bubbly and, you know, things like that. But she was so annoying. No, she's and so I was like, dramatic. I was like, Am I that annoying? Because like no. I was like, I feel like this girl. And then I was like, oh my God, I'm really that annoying. No. no. Okay, good. I'm glad. So yeah, it, she's a lot. Um, and she makes obnoxious girls like me feel bad because we can be obnoxious and not annoying at the same time. Um, and she just couldn't walk that line. So still cute, still a romance book that I enjoyed reading and I still gave it four stars. Um, and that one's Friends to Lovers mm-hmm. for, all the, for all the trope girlies out there. Um, that is Friends to Lovers, which I also love. Um, but friends and enemies to lovers, they can get tired too Mm because everyone's doing them. Mm -hmm. But you know, I do like Emily Henry and I'll probably read all -hmm. all the stuff she puts out because it's easy to read and it's fun and she's adorable. Follow her on Instagram. She's cute. Sorry. (laughs) My next four, I only have two more four, four star books. I can't relate. (laughs) (laughs) Redeeming Love. This was made into a movie like this year, which is why I read it. It is a thick thick book um it is a christian romance about this man and he hears god tell him that he is to marry this prostitute like that is his calling was it set in set in like the 18 something so they're like they're like on the western frontier or whatever in the gold (laughs) country and he's like a he's like one of the only good guys like all these guys who moved out to the frontier are like bad people because Mm -hmm. there there's no laws like it's truly a lawless land and so and she's in this awful awful her life was so horrible and so this Mm -hmm. guy is like you're like god is telling this guy you have to marry her and he's like i don't want to so he ignores it for a little while and he just like feels like he has to and they get married and it's just like the story of her like coming to terms with the fact that like she is loved not just by like worldly people but also like by like god and like the things she did in her past do not carry weight in who she is now and it gets a little tiring because shocker she runs away and comes back and runs away and comes back <laughs> and it's but it's supposed to be that way because uh-huh. i was like oh that's so like oh she did it so many times but someone was like well that's what you do to god every day that's why it's written like that i was uh-huh. like oh and then you're like, oh, that hit. That Ooh. hit. It's a long book, too. Like, you have to dedicate a good it's chunk thick. of time. It's thick. And I, I do have big book phobia. I, so. It was a lot. My favorite book of the year was 500 pages. So Holy schmoly. Yeah. I think it's close to that. But Redeeming Love is really good. I'm a big fan of Read the Book Before the Movie, mm-hmm. personally. Yeah, I agree. So I haven't seen the movie still. But um, I think even if you're not super into, like, romance it's a true like rome it's not like rom-com-y it mm-hmm. is like romance novel mm-hmm. i think it is such a beautifully written book and the characters are so deep and like well developed it's really good it's awesome yeah adding it to my list my next four star is called the two lives of lydia bird this is actually the first book i read this year i read it like i think i actually started it in 2021 oh. and carried it over um this is a very interesting book because it's about uh, a woman, I think she's in her mid to late 20s, Lydia, and her fiance is killed in a car accident. 
So it's very much about her grieving process and the people around her, her mom, her sister, um, her fiance's best friend, all these people that she's had in her life for so long coming in and being there for her and helping her and her dealing with her grief and, and trying to find out if there's love after this loss and if there is love after this loss, what it looks like. And this book made me cry. Mm. Um, and as, as emotional as you know, I am, I don't actually cry that much when I'm reading, but this one did, did make me cry because, uh, it, she really gets into the desperation of, of how it feels to lose someone that you love. And obviously I personally don't know what that's like, you know, losing, you know, the person that you are the closest to, but it, it really did, you know, tug on my heartstrings and, um, the writing was pretty good. It, it was sad, but I am glad that I read it and I mm -hmm. would recommend it. Um. And it really started me on this journey of, of enjoying reading again. So it kind really? of pulled me out of this like five-year slump, which is really yeah. nice. Um, so yeah, I really enjoyed that as well. My last four-star book of the year is Outdated by Jonathan Pakluda. Um, This is a book about like dating in the 21st century, especially as someone who like has a faith and like what that looks like. I read this with my small group at church and I really, I really enjoyed it. I thought it did such a good job of, like, the way we date in the 21st century isn't wrong, but, like, here's how it could be better. Mm -hmm. In some parts, it's, like, this is, like, bad. bad. Like, the, the, the culture of, like, oh, you're just dating to date because there's nothing better to do. Like, mm -hmm. that is, like, so toxic and is ruins in people's lives. Mm -hmm. And I was already dating someone, like, very seriously when I read this book, but I still feel like it helped me just, like, in a lot of different ways and helped me talk to friends about like dating and like how they should be approaching dating. Cause he says like, there's nothing necessarily wrong with apps. It's how you use them. There's nothing necessarily wrong with like going on dates before you commit to someone. It's just the approach you have to it. If you're, mm -hmm. you know, it's this toxic, like, Oh, like I'm just dating because why not? There's nothing better to do. Like, I'm just going to break people's hearts all the way down the line, like, why that's created so many problems. So I've also met this author, which is pretty cool. You've met, like, met two authors. Two so far. That's impressive. Um, but, yeah, it's a really great book, and especially if you're someone who, like, is a true romantic and wants, like, the best out of their dating life, it's a great read because it's, like... I'm going to read it because you're the person I go to for dating advice anyway. So <laughs> I'm definitely adding it to the list. All right. That's the last of my four Starbucks. Okay, I have, like, five so... more. Should I just power through? Yeah, okay. power through. I'll be quick. So my first of my last five four-star books is called No Exit by Taylor Adams. This is a very fast-paced book. It takes place, I think, over the span of like four or five hours. Oh. Um, and it is, it's centered around a girl named Darby, and she's driving home from college to her hometown. Her mom has just been diagnosed with um, stage four cancer, so she's driving home for Christmas and to go see her mom and be with her and her sister, and she gets snowed into uh, a truck stop. Mm. And there's, a, like, six, I think, other people at this truck stop, and all heck starts to break loose. Um, people die, bad things happen. Um, it's very much like a survival esque book so they're trying to survive this cold night um in this remote location i think it's in like colorado or utah or something and she needs to get home to her mom who is dying and it's just very fast paced very stressful very very much so on the edge of your seat in a good way i really enjoyed it um i don't want to give too much away mm -hmm. um but there is like the the last line of the book 
is mind-blowing. That's all I will say. It is gory. So if you don't like gore, oh. I would not recommend. It's like a few parts here and there um, that get kind of gory. But it was a good book overall, and I really did enjoy it. Uh, this next little section, the next few books, is called is what I would like to call um, Anna reads books that she would have read in high school if she read in high school. <laughs> um, first is Simon versus the Homo Sapiens Agenda, which is the book that the movie Love, Simon is based on. Oh, I love a good teenage coming of age movie they're my favorite um so this book is just very cute it's about um this guy simon and he's gay but he's not out yet in high school um and he starts emailing another guy from his school who's also gay and not out yet and you know it's a love story so love happens um but it's very cute and i love when authors can write about a high school relationship and not make me have the most secondhand embarrassment ever because <laughs> it's still cute you know yeah. um so it's a good book if you've seen the movie um, you know what it's about, but it's just a cute YA, uh, easy to read. I'll probably read it again because it felt like a very cozy book yeah. to read. Um, next book that I would have read if I read in high school is Eleanor and Park by Rainbow Rowell. I've actually never Rowell. read this book. <gasps> oh, Everyone... Emily, so cute. It is so cute. Same thing. I don't know how an author can write about a high school relationship and not making me want to throw up, but, but she did it. Um, it's just very cute. It's about... Uh, these two kids that are kind of outcasts for different reasons. They both have pretty tough home lives, things like that. Um, coming together, falling in love. It's very much, in my opinion, a very organic way that they, they kind of come together and kind of happens how I feel like it would happen in mm -hmm. high school. Um, so very cute, very sweet, easy read. Um, my little sister is reading it now because um, I got her into reading through this book. Um, next up, I am a big Harry Potter gal. We do not support J.K. Rowling, but I do love Harry Potter. Um, and I've been rereading those books for like the fifth time. So another four star is Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. It is my least favorite of all of the books. Still love it. And obviously it gets four stars because it is Harry Potter and it's very nostalgic, but not my favorite. Okay, this is my last four-star book, and it is another one that I've always wanted to read, uh, one of my favorite movies of all time, but I never read the book, The Perks of Being a Wallflower by Stephen Chbosky. Is that how you say it? I don't know. So good. Um, this book is definitely written like it was written by a freshman in high school, which I yeah. loved because it's supposed to be. Um, Charlie is supposed to be a freshman in high school with mental illness, and that's how it reads. Um, it's so well done, in my opinion. Um, I think I gave it four stars because some of it was actually kind of hard to read because it's written like mm -hmm. a, fr a freshman in high school would write. But there's so many great quotes about mental health and kind of being an outcast, being a wallflower. And I love that movie so much. It's definitely one of my favorites. And the book was even better, which is, is hard to um, hard to do when you love a movie as much as I love The Perks of Being a Wallflower. Because yeah. usually the book is better, but I thought... It was going to be a toss-up, but I loved it, and um, it's another good one if you don't know what someone likes to read and you want to get them a book, Perks Being a Wallflower. Yeah, Everybody I've loves heard it. that before. Everybody loves it. It feels like a good gifting book. Um, but those are, my, those are my four stars. Yeah, so we're about <laughs> to head into the five stars, so we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll talk about our five-star books. Woohoo! All right, you all, we are back with our five-star books of the year. I'm going to let Anna start because she has a few more books read this year than me. Thank you. I also give lots of five stars um, because I don't have that 
many standards when it comes to books. I just love them all. This first one, though, I do feel like I have to give a big asterisk as I say that I gave it five stars. Um, this is The Love Hypothesis by Allie Hazelwood. Um, once again, if you are on Book Talk, you have seen this book, you have probably read this book, you know all about chapter 16 and how steamy it is. Um, but I really did like this book. And this feels like a guilty pleasure book for me a little bit because it is a published uh, Star Wars fanfic. I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> it is. It's Rey and Kylo Ren fanfic. Oh. <laughs> that, like, she changed to be a book. But it's about a woman who is in um, a, a doctorate program? I don't remember now. It's been a while. But it's it's set in the world of academia. Um, it's good. It's cute. I think the reason that I gave it five stars also is because I feel like I read it when I was sad. And it is a very cute love story. So it's like, oh, I was sad. It's making me happy. I think in my... Uh, review I was like I swooned but that's not true um I, I I liked it I don't think it has it had as much staying power as I thought it was gonna have and that's why I think I rated it so I was like I am going to be thinking about this book for the rest of my life and it's not quite that but it was a good book and if you like romance you probably will like it I think it's a little overhyped and I think I did contribute to that by giving it five stars <laughs> You're part but of the problem. It is what it is. <laughs> so my five-star book, I read this pretty early on in the year, and I just found out that they're building a movie, which I'm super excited about. It's called The Rosie Project. It's by Graeme Sim Simsian. It is such a cute, wholesome book. It is about a guy who has autism, and he does not think he has autism, but you as the reader are very keenly aware that he has autism. <laughs> and what's cool is it's not a it's not a character with a um with autism where it's like it seemed to hit like everyone in his life knows it and is like just treats him pretty normally like he gets in trouble at work all the time and it's like not because your autism is because <laughs> the person you are like um so he cannot find love and so he decides to find a wife by having this whole screening process and then he of course meets rosie who is against everything he believes in that he should have as a wife and it's it's so tropey he is like by the books academic like very very regimented because of his autism which he doesn't know he has and rosie is so spontaneous and quirky and crazy and they have this hilarious love story but it's also about him like i think the criticisms of this book are that it, it feels like he is trying to cure his autism but i think mm -hmm. that's you coming into it reading it that way yeah it's him trying to learn to live with this thing that he doesn't realize he has he thinks mm -hmm. he's perfectly normal and not saying he's not a normal person, but he is neuro, a, like a neurodivergent, neurodivergent, mm -hmm. atypical. And so it's him learning how to like let go of some things and be happier mm -hmm. because he is not so obsessive. Mm -hmm. Living with autism. Yes. And it's not all because of Rosie. Like some of it is him. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really impactful because he just comes to terms with who he is mm -hmm. in some really like loving ways towards himself. But also is like, you know what, this is actually destructive behavior for like who I am, like this regimented lifestyle. I need to like take a step back. So some people are super critical of it. I think it's people who are um, self-diagnosed people. <laughs> and that's my, I see people criticize it online and I'm like, yeah, you have no idea like what the book was actually supposed to be about. <laughs> um, but anyways, I love that book. I can't wait to see the movie. Well, I'm Apparently there's a second one. <laughs> I'm like... She's Googling right now. Yes. It's called The Rosie Effect. There is. Oh, this is exciting. Okay, I'm going to I'm happy that I'm book. here while you're learning this. That's very exciting. Someone said, is The Rosie Project a true story? I don't think so. 
<laughs> okay, well, that sounds very sweet. Um, this next book, if you want to talk about good writing, Emily, this book has it. Okay. In My Dreams, I Hold a Knife by Ashley Winstead. Oh. Just the title, right? Yeah. In My Dreams, I Hold a Knife. And it's, like, part of the book, too. So this is... It has it all, really. It's like this dark academia collegiate setting. It's these, I think it's six friends, six or eight friends that come back for their college reunion and bad things start happening. Um, and there's, so when they were in college, one of their friends in their friend group was murdered and it's unsolved. So it's kind of them coming back together, trying to solve this case, see what happened. Um, there's old flames that get rekindled, of course. Um, but the writing is so beautiful and lyrical and just paints a picture. It's just one of those books where I could picture the entire thing in my head the mm -hmm. entire time because of how Ashley Wynn said writes. Mm -hmm. um, so if you're looking for a thriller that will keep you interested and um, if you like unreliable characters, everyone in this book is unreliable. You cannot trust a single person the entire it's like time. Clue. It's like Clue. <laughs> um, so if you like unreliable characters, unreliable narrators, I would definitely recommend it. Um, and it's, it's just good. There's a couple of really good twists and the writing is just so beautiful. So I definitely recommend that one as well. In I my dreams, I hold a knife. Yeah, very good. It was popular at the beginning of the year, but yeah. it is very good. I liked it a lot. I really like that. I, my next five star book is The Lake House by Kate Morton. It is nothing new. People have been loving this book forever. It came out a while ago. It is sort of kind of historical fiction. It's half historical fiction, half current day. Okay. And it's about this estate in some European country. I cannot remember. <laughs> I read this book like in the middle of the year when I was reading books like so quick. Yeah. Um, and it, this horrible thing happens on this property and the whole family flees. And it was like their family home. And then this girl, she's staying with her grandfather for a while. I think it's in like the English countryside maybe she's like going through it in her professional life she's a pi and Ooh. she gets kind of sent away because she's been over involved in a case mm -hmm. and set oversteps and boundaries so she goes to visit her grandpa and discovers this place and so it's a thriller but it's also like historical fiction but it's also like her figuring her life out like like her her solving an old crime and a new crime and getting her life together and her grandfather and this this historical fiction, it's like got so much going okay. for it. The ending is so interesting and such a good twist. There's so many things that go wrong with this family and at this estate, and you you want to fix them all, and takes so long to fix them all, which is like so good. So it's a super good book, and I did not predict the ending. Like it won't oh, it won't okay. let you. There's too many red herrings. Okay, excited. I'm going to read that. It is one of my favorite books I read this year, and it, I highly recommend it. Awesome. Uh, my next five-star book is something that I feel like no one has ever heard of. I think a big part of that is that it's YA. And I think sometimes YA books are just... This is young adult. It's nothing else. This book is so much more. It is called None, None Shall Sleep by Ellie Marnie. And this is very exciting because as I was preparing for this and I was looking at my Goodreads, I just found out that this is the first book in at least another one because it does say None Shall Sleep number one. But anyway, this book is set in the 1980s and it is focusing on a girl who is the sole survivor of a serial killer. She's 18 years old or one of the very few survivors of this serial killer. She's 18 years old and you have to kind of suspend your disbelief a little bit because this 18 year old girl in the 80s gets recruited by the FBI to help profile 
um, serial killers. So very Criminal Minds-esque. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you like Criminal Minds or SVU or anything like that, you'd probably like it. Um, but it's just this girl, she gets recruited by the FBI, her and another young guy, um, to talk to teenage serial killers, basically. So a teenager getting in the mind of a teenager, um, kind of figuring out what makes them tick and, um, you know, potentially, you know, coming into contact with the person that, you know, hurt her as well. Um, so it's just a really good book. Like I said, it's YA. She's 18 years old. So I think that's part of the reason why it's not that popular, but it's None Shall Sleep. It was so good. Um, if you're not super into like the police procedural shows or true crime podcasts, it might not be your cup of tea because it does kind of lean heavily into criminology, Mm -hmm. um, and kind of the process, the process of, you know, um, not necessarily prosecuting a crime, but kind of the process of what happens after you become a serial killer, you know, what, what happens after that. So I loved it. I thought it was really good. Um, and I'm excited that it's, gonna be a series apparently but yeah I really liked it and I feel like no one talks about it but it was a really good book and I do recommend it especially if you are into those things like Criminal Minds, True Crime Podcasts, SVU, any of those like crime procedural shows it would be right up your alley because it the story is good but there's also a lot of criminology and and law and things like that in it as well so it was it was a good book I really like it and I definitely would recommend it. Um I wish I hadn't saved this book for last but I gave the um um, the X Talk, the book that Anna did. My- <laughs> this is your last one. It's okay. I have so many more. <laughs> I gave it a five out of five. I think I gave it a five out of five because it, I was reading it during my summer of like binge reading. Mm-hmm. Like, read a book, done. Read a book, done. Mm-hmm. I had that that this summer I, too. I liked it though because I love NPR. <laughs> yes, it, when they ta- started talking about This American Life, I was like, yeah, I'm hooked. They're talking about Ira Glass. I'm yeah. so in. <laughs> um, I agree that it wasn't much depth, but I think for where I was at this summer, I was traveling a lot and I didn't need a book that I had to mm-hmm. google stuff about because I yeah. couldn't if I was flying so <laughs> feels like me giving five stars to the love hypothesis same vibe. like yeah like caveat here's why I gave it this yes. rating at this point in time so yes. that's all my five star books that's all my books okay I'll go through mine quickly two of them are quick uh Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone and Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban both got five stars because they're Harry Potter and I love them uh which one of yours was the one with the crazy twist the Lake House. Oh, the Lake House. Okay. Yeah. So my crazy twist book is The Silent Patient by Alice a- Alex Michalides. Wait, didn't they make that a movie? They might be. I don't know. But this book is very popular too. It's um the narrator is a like a forensic psychotherapist and his he starts a new job at um a hospital where a woman is staying and she murdered her husband several years ago and has not spoken since she murdered her husband so it's his job to kind of get to the bottom of things figure out why she did what she did because since she got arrested she has not said a single word she's the silent patient so he's coming into this new facility and trying to get to the bottom of this and really help her and and figure out what happened what made her snap all of these things um once again everybody in this book is unreliable which i really like um you don't know who's telling the truth um the twist is insane I was shocked. This was the first book that I've read in a very long time that I had a physical reaction to. Like, as I was reading the end of the book, I was sweating. I, my heart was beating really fast because it was just so good. They are making uh, a movie adaptation. They, <gasps> it got sold. Oh, I'm so excited because another one on my list, the next one I'm going to talk about, also they're making a movie and I'm very excited because I've been following along. Um, but yes, The Silent Patient by Alex McLeodes. It's very popular, I'm sure, that a lot of people have heard of it. But I'll have to read that Great one. book good twist the characters are great very interesting um so definitely recommend um 
The book that is getting made into a movie that I'm very excited about is Red, White, and Royal Blue by Casey McQuiston. This is actually not my favorite Casey McQuiston book, though. That's coming next. Um, but if you've never heard of Red, White, and Royal Blue, it's about the son of a fictional female U.S. president, we can, we can hope, um, and the grandson of the Queen of England um, falling in love. What? Have you never read this book? <gasps> people... It's People go dragged it online. Good. No, it's it's getting a movie. The casting was beautiful. It's such a good book. I'm Googling it's, the cast. It's so good. So yes, uh, the son, uh, so the first son, I guess you could call him, and the grandson of the Queen of England, they fall in love. Very cute, very fun, very enemies to lovers. Uma Thurman. Easy to read. Uma Thurman is in the movie. She's playing the president. Um, <laughs> so yes, it, it's very cute, very good. If you read rom-coms, you've probably read it. Um, but, on popular opinion, I do have a Casey, M Casey McQuiston. They're one of my favorite authors right now, especially with romance. I think they do write well. Um, but Good writing in the romance category. I know, I know. So, my favorite book by them right now is One Last Stop. And this is probably, like, top five books I read this year. This this one is a sapphic love story between August and Jane. Um, and it kind of has some magical realism, some potentially time travel sort of things in it. Um, but it's just a beautiful love story. It takes place in New York City, which is always a fun setting for a book. Um, there's a really beautiful found family in it. Um, August moves to New York City and finds this amazing family. Um, and it's just it's just a very good, well-written book um, that I, I haven't been able to stop thinking about since I read it. The love story is beautiful, but everyone in the book is just so amazing and loving and kind. And August finds this amazing, beautiful group of people that kind of become her family. And, um, there's a lot of references to things that I enjoy, like, uh, Freddie Mercury and drag, um, and just all kinds of very fun stuff, um, that I loved. So it just felt like a book that was written for me in a yeah. lot of ways. Um, so I loved it. I thought it was super cute. Um, and I do recommend... What else do I have? I think I have one more. I saved this one for last on purpose because <gasps> this is my favorite book maybe that I've ever read. Yeah. Oh I can't believe gosh. I'm saying that. But yes, it is so good. It is called Firekeeper's Daughter by Angeline Booley. It is also YA. I think I'm learning that I like YA. Mm -hmm. But it is. it centers around an 18-year-old um, indigenous woman named Donis. And it's so it's so hard to explain, and I don't want to give anything away because I just think everyone should read it. This is a book that's 500 pages, and I can't believe I read it because I do have big book phobia. Uh -huh. But it, so it's basically it just is about this girl Donis, and in her community there is a drug problem. A lot of kids are mm -hmm. overdosing or you know ruining their lives with the, with drugs. Um, so she decides to investigate and figure out what's going on. Is there something that's that's being laced is there something where where are these drugs coming from who is mm -hmm. in charge of this because um there's a lot of suspicion that it's somebody from her tribe um mm. that's involved in all of this and, and it's really affecting kids um in the area it's a book about a hockey team it's a book about meth it's a it's a love story it talks a lot about being an indigenous woman and how awful and terrible that is and um how when you are an indigenous woman or an indigenous woman in the u.s the things that happen to you aren't as important mm -hmm. as the things that happen to white women um and that's something that's always intrigued me and has always been a big hot button passion topic for me um so i, I just loved this book and i feel like i can't do it justice so i don't want to say too much because i just loved it so much um the romance in it is beautiful 
Um, all of the characters are well-developed and um, you really, really are rooting for Donis the entire time. A lot of bad stuff happens to her during this book. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of twists and turns. I wouldn't say it's quite a thriller. Um, yeah. Because it's a little more slow-paced than your than your average thriller. But it's it's just so good. Literally, my review... I'll read you my review on Goodreads because it's short. Wow, just wow. This may be one of my new favorite books ever. Just read it. It's stunning and heartbreaking and so beautiful. So I loved it. I did cry um, quite a bit. And I kind of want to read it again already because that's how good it was. And I finished it in like November. But it was very, very good. And I do recommend it to anyone and everyone. That was my last book of 2022 as of right now. Yeah, you're you're gonna be at 30. I'm I gotta get to 30. I have to. I'm one away. I can do it. I'm pretty far from 30. (laughs) That's over 50 books between the two of us. Look at us go. High five. High five. Well, thank you so much, Anna, for being on. Thanks for having me. This was so fun. Way better than recapping by myself. (laughs) Um, and way more interesting because we have similar ideas about the same books. Sometimes. Sometimes, And yeah. we have similar ideas about literature mm-hmm. overall. So it's yes. very interesting, like... But also kind of different taste. Yeah, yeah. very different taste. Yeah, it's, it's very interesting, but... Well, thank you all so much for listening and for tuning in. This is a longer episode, but it's your treat. Since last week, Anchor decided to crash for two days and lose all my audio. So, so you're welcome. You're welcome. Thanks, Anchor. Um, <laughs> thanks, Anchor. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, feel free to leave us a rating and review. You can do it on Apple Podcasts. You can do it directly on Spotify. I'm sure you can do it other places. I just haven't tried it. We're everywhere now. Um, if you want to chat about what books are that are on our list that you read this year, if you disagree, if you agree, if you think we should read something else, you can hit us up at Coming Up Roses Podcast on Instagram and Coming Up Roses Twenty One at Gmail dot com. I check the Instagram more frequently than the Gmail. Send us book recs. I Send love book recs. Book recs. Yes, maybe I'll have to put that on the Instagram story when I post the the yes, announcement. I love a good book rec. As always, wherever and whenever you're listening, I hope you're having a great one. See y'all later. Bye.